You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 9 o'clock hour. Welcome back in. Rob Ellis with you. I'm taking you right up till 10 o'clock. Glenn Macnow and Ray Dittinger at that time. Yes, Howard has left the building. And if we get any updates on Seth Joyner tracking him down on the Atlantic City Expressway, we will keep you posted. But, uh, wow. All right. Interesting first hour, that's for sure. Let me just lay out where I'm at with this Eagles-Cowboys game. I'm, I'm not nearly as confident as Howard is in this one, simply because I watched an Eagles team beat up on a Giants team and a Redskins team that I don't think is very good. Um, in particular, I think the Giants stink, even though they, they beat the, the Bears last week. And I look at a Redskins team that was just decimated, certainly at the quarterback spot, but in some other areas along their offensive line. So, to me, there's, is there some positive takeaways? Absolutely. I love the fact that the Eagles came out on that first drive and looked good and looked like last year. That was, that was a 2017 kind of drive. That's big for me. It's encouraging. I think the offensive line, even though Jason Peters at the end of the game appeared to be a little bit banged up, he's been fine this week. He'll be good to go, um, although he was away a little bit for some personal stuff. But I think he's going to be fine. They're a little bit healthier which is also encouraging, but I still look at that defense, and I don't know if Timmy Jernigan's going to be able to go or not, but I still look at that defense and that defensive line and that secondary, and I worry. I worry about the way Elliott was able to gash them. The Eagles were able to move the ball in the second half of that last game, if you remember. They were awful offensively in the first half and really good offensively in the second half, but they couldn't get stops. After the Eagles' offense scored, the Eagles' defense couldn't do anything, and Elliott did gash them. This whole game comes down to containing, not shutting down, but containing Ezekiel Elliott. If you do that and you force Dallas into third and longs, you will force Prescott into mistakes. So this is about third and five plus for the Eagles because if it's third and two, third and three, they're going to be in big trouble. He's going to utilize Cooper. He's going to, he's going to be able to, to move the sticks with Cole Beasley. Get the ball to Elliott out of the backfield, not just handoffs. That's going to be the key to this thing. And the Eagles need to do a better job offensively of nullifying the Cowboys' pass rush and their linebackers. Dallas's front seven is very strong. I think this is a much tougher game. Howard feels confident. I know a lot of people I've listened to this week, hosts, callers, not minus the Cowboys weasels who live in this town, those zeros, minus them because you know what you're going to get out of them. But there are a lot of people in this town that feel very confident about the Eagles. I just wish they had beaten two better teams to get their first two-game winning streak of the season. That's my biggest concern. As far as the Sixers go, I thought that was a hell of a win last night. You go on the road against a pretty good Detroit team, not great, but pretty good Detroit team, without Joel Embiid, and get a win. Jimmy Butler was magnificent. Ben Simmons was really good. And you got contributions from guys like Mike Mascala and Wilson Chandler who stepped up. And that's what you have to have when you have someone as great as Joel Embiid go sit. I don't want to say go down, but, but the choice to sit by the team, people have to step up. And that's exactly what they got last night. I come away from that Sixers game feeling great. Now, to Howard's point, is it concerning Ben Simmons' inability or unwillingness to shoot? Yeah, it is but he impacts the game in a ton of ways. He absolutely has to get that mid-range jumper 
at some point. It's not going to happen magically overnight this year, but it's something he has to work on nonstop in the offseason to make himself a great player. That's going to that's gonna hold him back from being a great player. But let's keep in mind, he's in his second season, and he's 22 years old. There's a lot of room for growth there. Let's kick it off with Mike in Westchester. Mike, you're on 94 WIP. What's up, Mike? Hey, good morning, Rob. Michael, what's up, man? Yeah, I can't believe there's idiot, there's loser Cowboy fans going ahead of me. Let's oh, crap, we've know? had quite a few already, man. Yeah, Captain Loser himself, you know. I downgraded him from a captain. I mean, Lamont's, Lamont's at least respectful. I, 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 and, you know, that Captain Cowboy, you know, brutal, loser. brutal. Yeah, but anyway, hey, Rob, you know, what about Ben Simmons, though? But do you think B might be bad because Simmons isn't shooting? I mean, we know Ben is shot in college, so I'm not sure why. What is Why is he so reluctant? He can shoot. You know why, he Mike? He needs to shoot five times a game at least. Here's my theory. His whole life, he's been so big and athletic and dominant, whether it's coming up in Australia and then high school where he played a couple right. of years here and then the one year at LSU. He's been so physically gifted and able to get to wherever he needs to get to on the floor mm-hmm. and still be impactful that he hasn't had to develop that jump shot. And, you know, at some point in time, someone when he was coming up, whether it was his dad or his, mm-hmm. his brother mm-hmm. that he works with or his coaches, right, brother, should, right. have, should have enforced that a little bit more, and they didn't. Therefore, he's he's – I don't want to say develop bad habits. Why can't but the coach do something? Why can't Brett Brown tell him, tell him to shoot? That? You know, that's what I was saying. Maybe the coach needs to be forceful. Maybe Jimmy Butler. Maybe maybe Joe Allen B is irritated the way he's playing because you have you have these guys out on the shore. Look, get, Rob, this is not a recipe for success. We have T.J. McConnell, Quirkman, Quirkbaz, and Amir, jo- Amir Johnson needs to be cut. He's he's Rob, done. He's done. Minutes, six yeah. fouls. Mike, he's <laughs> awful. He he was he wasn't a he was a, a sort of scrappy, do the dirty work kind of player oh in gosh. his career. But he has hit the wall, and he's done. They need to move on. He is not an option. He Help can't defend. He can't do anything. Backup center for him. Yep. And you're right. Joe Embiid was wrong to criticize Brett Brown. I'm getting irritated with Brett Brown in a lot of ways. He, you know, is he holding him back? Maybe he's the te- Jimmy Butler is the best thing to come into this town since Carson went. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, Rob. Well, he, is, I, he gets he gets the fans. Mike, he's that toughness, the toughness that he brings on the defensive end. Uh, the accountability. Wow, listen how he talks, though. Listen to yeah. talking about the fans. Yeah. He loves. He's, he's he's embracing this city, Rob. This is that's what you want. What we want. No, Mike, I hear you, and I think, and I appreciate it, bud. Thanks. I I think you know, in a lot of ways, he is the exact element, the exact tonic that this team needs. He he's brought in sort of a veteran. Where, let's face it, these guys are still relatively young in their in age and in experience. For the most part, your your foundational players. And Jimmy Butler is a guy who's been around the block a few times. And I think with his defensive presence, his willingness at the end of the game to take a shot, and like I said, you know, one of the issues that he had or the part of the issues that he had in Chicago and Minnesota was the younger players in particular, he didn't think that they were being accountable enough. And granted, things have gone very well since he's gotten here, and there hasn't been a whole lot of other, you know, minus a bad game or two here and there. So things have gone well, and he hasn't had to really kind of get into it and get annoyed with anybody and that kind of thing. So we haven't really seen that side. It's been a lot of uh, sort of the honeymoon right now, if you will. So we'll see how that plays out if things get really tough and get dire. But I like exactly what he's brought to the table. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. So question I have for you from an Eagle standpoint is, are you where Howard was? where he's uber confident that the Eagles bounce back in this game, he's not buying the Cowboys' offense, or you're where I'm at, where I don't feel any confidence. This team, the Eagles, hasn't shown me enough this season 
for me to go into any game at this juncture with a lot of confidence, be it offensively, be it defensively. They just haven't. I thought they played better offensively in the Redskins game, and, and certainly if Carson doesn't make that, that, that awful, that ill-conceived interception, if he doesn't have that, if there isn't the stop in, on fourth down on the one, and they run away with that game, and it would have been one of the rare blowouts that they've had this year. But the bottom line, you can't say if they didn't have this, if they didn't have that. They didn't execute the plays, and that's been an issue for them all year. And this is a very good, we all hate to admit it, right? Me too. We all hate to admit it. But this is a very good Cowboys defensive team. And I think it's going to be a, a challenge for the Eagles' offense. But all that said, forget about the analytics and the X's and the O's. As someone who hates the Cowboys who grew up here as a kid, as an Eagles fan, the thought, the mere thought of getting swept by these guys this year, the Cowboys, and in all likelihood they win the division, if that's the case, barring a major collapse because their schedule isn't all that difficult, would be really, really difficult to stomach. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Eagles go out there and manhandle them. But I will tell you right now, that's not my sense. I'm not, and I, I'm not going to give you the false bravado or you know, look at things through Eagles' green glasses. I'm not going to do that. I don't have the kind of confidence in this team based on the track record of this season. And to me, winning a Super Bowl last year, hey, maybe it comes into play. Maybe Doug says to them, hey, look, we've been in the biggest of spots, the core group of you guys. We've been in the biggest of spots in playoff games and a Super Bowl, and we came through. So now it's time to come through. And maybe that plays. Maybe it does. But I'm a big believer in it's a completely different year, and this is a completely different team. So I don't know if you can lean on that too much. Let's go to Jimmy and Mount Holly. Jimmy, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, good morning, Rob. Before I get into the game, I just want to dispel the silly notion that you have to be an ex-player to be a good analyst. I mean, Ray Dittinger never played, and neither did the late Steve Sable. Boomer Esiason is garbage, in my opinion, and Kurt Warner, a Hall of Famer, is blasé at best. So I'm tired of that narrative. Now, as far as the game goes, I mean, I'm closer to Howard. I mean, I, I agree with the, one of the last things he said before he left you was that Dallas wasn't going to score in the 20s. I, I totally agree with that, Rob. I think we're going to win 24 to 17. And maybe I can win you over with this. You remember the New Orleans game? We were dead. Then we were dead in the first half. All of a sudden, we woke up. And thank you, Pat Sherman. Thank you, Eli Manning for that terrible interception, but we've gotten better and better and better, and I think we're crescendoing. The only thing I'm concerned about is Carson cannot do what he did, like throw an interception like on the two-yard line. So I ask yourself, Rob, what does your gut tell you? Is Carson going to do that? I don't think so. What do you think? He's turned the ball over too much for my liking, Jim, and I'm a Carson guy. Let me just be real clear about that. There have been a lot of people the last few weeks who have really kind of turned on him. I've even had calls, people wanting Nick Foles in there. But uh, that said, he's, you're seeing the effects of not being able to work on his game all offseason. He's been rehabbing that knee like a madman to get back, and good for him. He's a, he's a gamer. He's a tough dude. But I think you're seeing some mistakes. I think, he's pre- I think the, the impact, Jim, of this team playing the way that they've played this year 
has has forced him to press a little bit. And I think some of the throws that you're seeing, like when he didn't dump it down to Smallwood in the Carolina game, like maybe that interception where, or, where he tried to force it into Alshon Jeffrey. I think you're seeing a quarterback pressing a little bit where he didn't press last year. So I can't tell you that he's not going to turn the ball over. He's done it way too much all year. Yeah, that's a good point, Rob. But think about this also. We finally won two games in a row, which we haven't. Now, I don't think this is coincidental. It is about now a full year since Carson Wentz hurt himself. Now, the conventional wisdom out there was that it takes a whole year to recover. So, I mean, I just think all the stars are aligned. I mean, 24 to 17, I'll be shocked if I'm not dead on. I mean, the only way I think I'd be wrong even to a point as if there's like a safety or some weird yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I hear you, Jim. I hear you. And thanks, man. I, I hope Jimmy's right. I, like, believe me, I'm not feeling it right now. And I hope it's 730 tomorrow night. This is a different story because I think if the Eagles win this game, they do win the division. I do, despite the fact that they have to take on L.A. and Houston. I do. I just – my sense is the winner of this game tomorrow – is the winner of the NFC East. I think the Redskins are headed the other way, but Dallas wins this one tomorrow. It's over. I, there might be people who will tell you the Eagles will be on life support. I'll tell you they're on life support right now. They need to win this game. They have to win this game. You can't get swept by the Cowboys. You can't have, be, be staring down the hottest team in football in Houston and, and perhaps the most explosive offensive team in football in L.A. and feel good about your chances when, when going to 6-7. and seven. I just don't think that's going to be the case. So I hope I'm wrong. Here's the thing. If you're asking me head-to-head from a quarterback perspective who I want, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, even with maybe some of his ups and downs. By the way, let me just say, I think he's had more ups than downs. And I think people who expected him to play at the MVP level that he was last year before he got hurt, I, I think we're really mistaken and really asking too much. This is an ACL and an LCL. He's only human, and he's going to make some mistakes. And that's not an excuse for everything. He's done things that he simply can't do. He has to play better tomorrow than he played, than he's played all year. He's got to play his best game of the year. The quarterback has to play his best game of the year. So I would take him over Carson Wentz all day. But the Cowboys' defense is better than the Eagles' defense. Ezekiel Elliott is better than, than any Eagles running back, and Josh Adams has played well. They're going to have to contain Elliott. I, that's the whole game for me. Let's go to Rodriguez in Middletown. Rodriguez, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, como esta, mi amigo? Oh, my man, Rodriguez. Hola. Sí, feliz Navidad. <laughs> What's going on? Listen, Carson went. Now, his problem has not been his legs. His problem has been his throws. He's been terrible. I mean, the guy's been... He has, Rodriguez, he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been terrible. He's been up and down. But this is what we need. We need, like you said, we need him at his best. Now, this is, he's never won a playoff game, right? Carson Correct. Well, he's never, never, he's never played in one. He's never played in one. Never played in a playoff. So you couldn't this win one if you don't play in one. This is his playoff. I agree. I agree. Look, Rodriguez, I couldn't agree with you more. This is absolutely a playoff game, and pretty much so is every game the rest exactly. of the way, but this is no doubt. I agree with you. Exactly. So this is where we need Carson. Uh-oh. To prove himself, for those who's been upset with Carson this year, he needs to shut them down by winning this game. He, we need Carson to win this game for the Eagles. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I, look, I, here's the thing. Carson, and I, I feel better about the offensive line. He's got yeah. weapons. Golden Tate emerged this past week. Yeah. That's great. They need to get Alshon Jeffrey more incorporated into what they're doing. We know what Zach Ertz has done all year. There's weapons there. There's there, And yeah. this is a good Dallas defense, but you should be able to score some points. This is going to come down to the Eagles defense containing Elliott. If they do, they will force Prescott into mistakes if they continue. But if Elliott's running wild and, and, and Prescott is in second and twos, the Eagles are done. Well, you know what? We need the, we need we need Carson Wentz to show us something to look forward to next year and a win and a win on Sunday. That will show me something. Well, yeah, and thanks, Rodriguez. Appreciate it. Most of the time, unless you have like a Bears 1985 defense, Ravens uh, 2000 defense, we, we know the great defenses that we've seen over the years. Unless you have that kind of defense. You need your quarterback to come up big for you. And, you know, Rodriguez says he's been uh, awful this year. He hasn't been awful this year. He's made too many mistakes. And there, it's not just interceptions. You remember Monday night's game against the Redskins. There were several opportunities for shots down the sideline where he overthrew guys that would have probably been a touchdown, if not a touchdown, a really big gainer. They're the plays you can't miss on in this game. Because you can do that against the Giants and the Redskins. You do that against the Cowboys, you're going to lose. And I know nobody wants to give the Cowboys any credit, but the Cowboys' defense is legit. They're not great offensively. So this is going to be a real challenge here, and it's going to be up to the Eagles' offensive line to keep the heat off of Wentz. You know, I heard Jason Kelsey, the replay of the Jason Kelsey interview that Angelo did with him during the week when I was driving in to the Borgata. And, I, and I'm listening, and he made some really good points, Jason, as he always does. He's, he's, a, he's a thoughtful guy when he speaks. He doesn't just give you cliches like a lot of athletes. And one of the things he said about Wentz was, hey, look, you got to understand something. You know, there's a lot going on. This guy's coming off of an injury. We haven't been as good up front as we could have been, should have been. And there's been a lot of turnover here with the running back position, trying to incorporate Golden Tate. I mean, there's been a lot going on, some things out of Wentz's control, some in his control. I'm not excusing him across the board. He needs to play better than he's played, okay? There's no question about that. And tomorrow has to be one of those signature games. Tomorrow's got to be one of those games when we look back at the end of the season, whenever it ends, if you have any kind of playoff hopes, where we say, that's the game he looked like 2017 Carson Wentz. That's the game he looked like the MVP. This is where he plays one of those young quarterback kind of games where he looks like Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff, where he gets back to that kind of form. That's what tomorrow has to be, in addition to a lot of other things that have to happen. Carson Wentz has to be excellent tomorrow, and you hope he's aided by a running game with Josh Adams. You hope a lot of other guys step up. But I'm just being honest with you. I'm not going to feed you any nonsense. I'm not feeling nearly as confident as Howard does as a lot of our callers do. Where do you stand? 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. We can also talk about that Sixers win. I'm not going to dump on Ben Simmons. I look at that win last night. Simmons played excellent. Mike Mascala stepped up. Jimmy Butler was phenomenal. You had a lot of guys, Wilson Chandler, who's done very little of late, who played excellent in a road game against a pretty good team. I give the Sixers a lot of credit. I thought it was a gutty gritty kind of win that, you know, quite frankly, 
maybe in years past they would have never stepped up in that spot, and they did without Embiid. And now, you know, you look at it, he gets a pretty healthy rest here. Essentially, he's going to go from, what, Wednesday to Monday. He's going to get five days off. So that sets up well. The criticism I have is Brett should have done this against some of those garbage teams like the Wizards and the Knicks. That's when Embiid should have gotten the rest. That's where I, I take umbrage with Brett Brown. 888-729-9494, pound 9494. On your AT&T and Verizon cell, I am Rob Ellis. We're live from the Borgata. WIP Sports Time is 921. 927, welcome back, everybody. We are coming to you from the Borgata, Atlantic City. Unbelievable spot, all decorated. We, what do we have? Someone was pulling, Dave, a, a sleigh by for, a, for, I guess, a display that they're going to be doing. But I, I suggested that Howard do the show from the sleigh. That would have been pretty, uh, pretty interesting since he was, as he, he accused Seth of being a Grinch. Howard was, uh, Howard was just taking everybody out. I'm telling you, it was, it was, like, it was like the Godfather, man. There was like Mo Green, Carlo, every, everybody was getting it. But uh, it, it was getting cleaned up, that's for sure, today in Howard's estimation. But we're talking about this Eagles-Cowboys game. You know, it is great to have a game this late in the season that has meaning where, where we were kind of teetering on this game not meaning anything. And, and the Eagles got it together, won a couple games. Some things broke their way in the NFC and with the NFC East and some injuries to the Redskins and whatnot. So we have a game that actually means something in the month of December against the Cowboys. I mean, that's really, as an Eagles fan and a, and, a, and, ca- and a city for the most part, other than the frauds who are from here and root for the Cowboys, that's really all you can ask in a lot of ways. Like, you, you do control your own destiny in that sense. You know, you get the Cowboys this week. You close things out with the Redskins, and I don't know, the Redskins may be completely toast at that point. And you get two tough ones in between. But you put yourself in this spot, so you've got to take care of business. I just wish I went into this game with more confidence. If you listen to me prior to the, the Sunday night Cowboys game that the Eagles lost here, I was on for 1-5, to five, I think, that night, that afternoon. I was brimming with confidence because I still felt like the Eagles were the Eagles of old, like they were going to get it together. The Cowboys weren't that good. The Cowboys were coming off a loss to the Titans. Meanwhile, everything flipped with that game. Eagles went into a tailspin. Cowboys, and they've righted themselves since, but the Cowboys have been red hot since then, and they have had a lot of younger players on the defensive side, guys like Leighton Vander Esch, who have really come into their own. And that's another guy that the Eagles are going to have to keep an eye on in this game. Let's go to Greg on a cell. Greg, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Rob. Greg. I have to give you credit, man. I, I Your commentary has been dead on as far as what you stand and what you think. And, and I, I think I, I say kudos to you because, again, I don't want to just give blind loyalty when I see all these flaws with my with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, Greg, and, I'm, and I've I, always I, been that way. I hope I'm wrong, man, but I, but i got to keep it real well, with you. I feel the same way. I, I hope that, like, I, will, I want us to win too, but if, judging by the way they've been looking, it just doesn't look like they – I don't have the confidence like I did in the past, Okay. Right. So I'm accepting it as it is. And as to Howard's point about Seth, because I enjoy watching uh, the uh, after games. Uh, I do, too. I, I, th- I think it's a very entertaining NBC Sports, Philadelphia's Eagles postgame show. Highly entertaining. And I think the same with – and that's why I said I even feel that way as far as Seth. I think, you know, Seth may appear to be the Grinch, but I think he's dead on on some of the things that he's talking about. You know, so even though we're winning these games, 
and and again, a win is a win, and I'm happy we're getting them. I just wish they were more more impressive. And um, yeah, me too, Greg. And, Here, here's my takeaway, right? I, I look at a Giants team and a, and a Redskins team that, I, quite frankly, I don't think are good. Number one, number two, I saw so many opportunities left on the field where the Eagles should have stomped them both out, and they didn't. And that concerns me against a much better level of competition in the Cowboys. I agree. I, I agree. I, 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 like I said, you've been dead on today. I have to really give you credit and, and, and you know, hey, I hope we win. I, I, got, I know a lot of Cowboys fans that I really I, – I just don't like the idea of the Eagles being swept, especially after coming off of the Super Bowl title. And then they have to put up with this crap in oh. – Philly? Oh, God. I, Greg, thanks, man. I appreciate the Have call. Have a good one. You got thanks. it. I, I agree with you. There, there, were, there will be nothing more insufferable than the Cowboy Zeros that when the light switch w- w- was flicked on or the rock was turned over that just comes spewing out. There is nothing worse than that. So, I, again, this is a situation where my head and my heart are in conflict, Right? My heart absolutely wants to see the Eagles not only go in there, but go in there and stomp them and end them. And hopefully they, they, they fall apart and go into a tailspin and the season ends. There would be nothing more poetic and beautiful than that. But my head's telling me the Eagles aren't that team this year. They're not that good this year. And Dallas is a lot better than people give them credit for. I, I, just, I, think, I think part of it is just our, our, our blind bias against the Cowboys. And I'm not telling you the Cowboys are great. They're not the Cowboys of the 90s with Jimmy Johnson. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But they're a much better defensive team. They get after the quarterback. Their linebackers are good. The last game that they played, they shut down the Saints. Okay? And I know the NFL's a week-to-week game. And you can't necessarily say, well, the Eagles got, got smoked and they gave up 48 and the Cowboys completely shut down the Saints. Therefore, one thing equals the other. But it is telling that they have the ability to contain a high-powered offense like that with that defense. The thing you feel good about if you're an Eagles fan is they're not a great offensive team. And if they can somehow manage to take Elliott out of this thing to an extent. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you hold him to 15 yards, but if you can hold him to uh, 75 yards rushing where he's not gashing you, that's how you win. I mean, it's, I, it's this very simple equation for me and a very simple formula and this is how the Eagles win this game this week just handle the running back of the opposing team if you were able to do that you give yourself a really good chance to win let's go to Nasir in Mount Mount Airy excuse me Nasir you're on 94 WIP hey what's going on Rob man great show keep up the good work brother appreciate it man thanks uh yeah I'm I'm team Rob today man I I totally agree with everything you're saying you know uh I I really don't have the confidence in them you know that and believing that they're going to win this game today I have zero confidence in the defense, minimal confidence in Wentz, and I have less confidence in the coaching. You know, um, I really feel like and believe that in that Washington game, I think the cuffs was let off Wentz in that game, and I really think that that's what he needs. He needs to be uncuffed, you know. And um, Yeah, got out of the pocket. I mean, the, the fact that they I, – I like the way that Doug utilized him – and, and, and I'll give you – let me throw one more thing in there, Nasir, that I didn't mention in terms of the positives. Getting Sproles back was huge. I mean, you saw the yeah, impact. Yeah. I know Kelsey makes an unbelievable sort of double block down the field, but that was still a hell of a run by, by Sproles and a great play. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I mean, definitely, man. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, man. But I, I just, I'm, I'm just not feeling. I, I don't, I don't believe it, man. And, 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 and I agree. If they lose to them today, it's, oh man, I, it's, 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 it's not going to be words to express. You know how, how I'm going to feel about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, you know what I mean? Nasir, it's sort of the double whammy. It's the, it's the component that we just talked about with the, with the ridiculous Cowboys fans and getting swept by them and them essentially ending your season. But it's also uh, it's also a reality check that, you know, December 9th, it's over. Like, the, the Super Bowl run comes <laughs> to an end. All the joy that we had with the parade and, and the whole off season of being able to gloat for once, all of that would come to an end. And you don't want it to end yeah. that soon. And, and, and the fact that it would be by the cow, at the hands of the Cowboys, that's just like, that's like the nail in the coffin, man. It's just... Yeah. Uh, man, and my, and my, and my, uh, my mother-in-law, she's a Cowboys fan, man. What? I'm, your mother-in-law. Oh now, is, is your yeah, wife a Cowboys man. fan? No, not my wife. Her okay. mother. I know. I'm making sure that so, you're, you're, yeah, your wife is an art. <laughs> yeah, so, man, they lose this game. Uh, I, I, I know what's coming. I know. Yeah. I, I know. Well, we're all going to hear it. The problem is, and thanks, man, we all have those, those friends. Uh, maybe they're acquaintances. I don't know if I want to go as far as to call them friends. But we all have the person that we know or several people that we know that are from here, that are you know, inexplicably they're Cowboys fans. They're either it was either poor parenting, you know, the the need for attention, the need to be a contrarian, the front running nature, whatever. I mean, probably check off every single one of those boxes. But we all know them, right? And the point is, when the Cowboys have success, and they've had very little in the in the past two decades, right? As David Aker screamed at the draft, you know they. These guys who are drafting now weren't even alive when the, the last time the Cowboys won a championship. But we know they're there. They're lurking. You don't hear from them much when the Cowboys are playing poorly and the Eagles are playing well. We didn't see them last year when the Eagles went on the playoff run and won a Super Bowl. But you best believe they're going to be out in force this week if Dallas wins this game. This is why the Eagles need to take care of business. Let's go to Mark and Wayne. Mark, you're on 94 to VIP. Robbie E., what's up, man? Mark, how you doing, man? Good. I met you briefly. Our daughters play CYO ball. I met you last year at the tournament at St. Francis. But oh, we okay. This is an I, aside. I yeah. remember, Mark. Yeah, great, man. Anyway, Rob, um, I think the Eagles win the game. I think people are rapping on Wentz or forgetting that he's still playing with a brace on his leg. He's still getting his legs under him, and people say, well, he's fully recovered. Yeah, he is. But as you know, Rob, the first year back, you're not the same. Exactly. One this exception, is, Mark, Adrian this is the Peterson. biggest issue I have. I know Adrian Peterson's like su- superhuman. There's always ex- there's outliers, he right? But what an athlete. He's unbelievable. But the thing is, uh, people who, who expect him to be right back with this kind of severity of an injury just don't understand and don't know the history. It, it was going to, there's going to be bumps in the road. It wasn't going to be a linear ascent for Carson Wentz coming off of that big of an injury. There were going to be ups and downs. It's to be expected. Exactly right, Robin, because as you know, I mean, his offseason, he was obsessed with getting himself healthy versus preparing for the season. And it's not just a physical game at that level. It's physical, mental, and emotional, getting the trust back in your knee, feeling that you're yourself again. And I think you'll see him get back to his level next year. But I think the key was they played it properly and they got him healthy. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to do it by doing two things. I, in order to win, they've got to stop the run, as you said, and they've got to get Wentz out of the pocket moving. 
Um, he, he rolls out a couple of times and breaks maybe just one or two runs, and, he, and he's more accurate when he's running, when he's running and throwing. Yeah. I think that, that, that sets the whole tone. Quick Sixers point. Sure. I wish Eskin was still there. I blame this whole Fultz thing on, ready for this, Adam Silver. That flipping space alien forced Tinky out, forced Colangelo on us, uh-huh. and hence we got, and hence we ended up with fault. Uh, you see, I don't think that's a crazy conspiracy theory. I, I mean, really, the league, the league forces the Sixers' hand with Hanky, and then, and and then it's the ultimate nepotism move with Jerry handing it off to Brian. You know what I mean? And, and then next thing you know. Yep. Now, the, the question is, we don't know ultimately what Hinky would have done. I, I'm sure of this. This I'm sure of. He wouldn't have given up that pick just to move exactly. up and take Fultz. Now, Fultz still could have ended up here. We, we don't know. But he would not exactly. have given that pick up. You're right. You're right One about final that. point on Fultz, Rob, very quickly. I know you're busy. As bad as it is, I think you've got to give the kid this year and hope he gets his head together. And then at the end of this year, if it doesn't work, then you cut ties with him. I agree. Look, there, there's the, here's the problem with the just cut ties. And I, and I sort of see the, hey, look, addition by subtraction, it's a train wreck, it's a distraction, blah, blah, blah. We're too early in this process to do that. Agreed. There's no trade value. You have to hope that somehow, some way, and, and do I have my doubts? Yes. But somehow, some way, he figures this thing out and gets yep. it. And, and either he helps you or you can trade him for something. Right. So I'm not, Mark, thanks, man. It's good talking to you as always. Thank you, Rob. I'm not one who says just get rid of him get for a bag of balls. I'm not. And the problem with trading him is you're going to get nothing. What do you want, a second rounder back? That's useless. So as, as, as distasteful, as annoying as it is for some Sixers fans, you sort of just have to suck it up and just let him. I, I said this the other day when I was doing the show with Spike. We were, we were doing the rights to Ricky Sanchez radio. Right now, the way this thing is set up, allow him to go do his thing in L.A. with the rehab and say to him when he comes back, okay, you did it your way. You saw your specialist. You took the time that you needed. You, you rehabbed the way that you and your team wanted you to rehab. So now you tell us you're healthy, correct? Yep. Okay. Good. You're healthy. Let's go. Now we need to see why you were taking, taking first overall. There's no more excuses. Okay? You, 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 there's no more my wrist, my shoulder, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that we've heard. You did your thing. Now it's put up or shut up time. And at that point in time, it's almost out of the Sixers' hands. Like, either you can play or you can't. Either you want to play or you can't. Either you're scared or intimidated or you're not. So we find it out. But right now, you have to at least let him go on this little journey and get himself back. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. We'll come back. We will get your phone calls in there. We will also get the picks this week from Mark Lawrence. We only have one college game. We've got Army-Navy here in Philadelphia a little bit later today. You know, the, one of the grandest traditions in sports, if not the best tradition in sports. We have that game and a bunch of NFL games, including the Eagles. We'll do that with Mark when we come back. I'm Rob Ellis. We're coming to you live from the Borgata. WIP Sports Time is 941. Oh, that music can mean only one thing. Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis with you from the Borgata in Atlantic City. And Mark joins Howard each and every Saturday, myself, when I, when I hop in there for Howard to give us the selections 
Now, unique week in that we really only had the one college football game, Army-Navy, right here in Philadelphia, which we'll get Mark's take on as well. But we have a lot of NFL to dip into, and he joins us right now, Mark Lawrence. You can check him out, playbook.com, and on Twitter, at Mark Lawrence. What's up, Mark? How are you? I'm doing just terrific, Rob. How are you doing? Mark, I'm great. I'm great, man. I mean, this has got to be a little bit of a different preparation week for you when now that college football kind of comes to an end, other than the Army-Navy game. I guess you can really dive in a little heavier than you usually do to the NFL. We do, uh, with one exception, that exception being that we are in the process right now of putting our college bowl stat report together for all the upcoming college football bowl games. So that's like getting a month's work of work together in one week. So, (laughs) you know, while the schedule shortens in college football, it's still a a lot of heavy preparation time for the bowl games. No, I hear you. And and we also have the Heisman tonight. I I should pass that along as well. I am a Heisman voter. We're we're not supposed to tell who we picked, Mark, so I have to – I have to lay low on that until uh, until tomorrow. But what's your sense of who wins this thing? Because Kyler Murray made a real push in that last weekend with Tua going down with the injury. Of course, Haskins has had a really good year as well. Who do you think wins it? You know, I think the person I think should win it, myself personally, is Tua. But the person I think will win it will be Kyler. Uh, and I think a lot of it depends upon when the votes were cast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kyler or Tua suffered this injury. I don't think it really helped his chances uh, in the second half of the football season. And he was also on the bench in the second half of a lot of football games after Alabama had run up some big leads. But bottom line to me, the body of work is Alabama is undefeated. Oklahoma has the one loss, and Alabama plays the complete game. Oklahoma doesn't, so that's just my own personal opinion. But, you know, bottom line is uh, I think they're both deserving. I can't say I disagree. All right, let's go to the college uh, slate. And, of course, we have the, you know, the grand tradition, and we're fortunate enough to, to have it most years here in Philadelphia, Army-Navy. And I'll tell you what, I don't know, if Mark, if people have paid attention to this Army team enough this year. Uh, they are really good, and they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Navy. What do you think in that one? They are good, Rob. Uh, you know, most people forget that they took Oklahoma to overtime at Oklahoma earlier this football season here. That was really quite an accomplishment. It really stamped uh, the football program for being worth the, at the level that they're at right now. My concern is that uh, this is a game that uh, ahead of what Army will going to the Armed Forces Bowl, their next stop on their schedule. Navy will not be bowling this year. This is one of their rare losing seasons. Navy also has a double revenge chip on their shoulder. Army's taken them out twice in the last two years. And, the, and the, my only final other commentary is the fact that if you look at the history of the series, Navy's been favored 16 years in a row in this series. Now they're the touchdown underdog, and I, I think you put all that together here. I see a Navy football team coming with this revenge chip on their shoulder Army looking ahead to their bowl game, possibly satisfied about their bowl game anyway. I like Navy plus the points. Here. All right, Navy plus the points on the uh, on the college side of this. So, Mark, let's jump over to the pros. A lot's been made of the Patriots-Dolphins game this week because uh, for some reason the Miami area, which I know you're very familiar with, seems to be kryptonite during the regular season for the Patriots. Doesn't, doesn't affect them in any other way. They end up winning the division every single year, I think 10 straight years, whatever. But – they go into this as seven-and-a-half-point favorites, and a lot of people are on the Dolphins in this game because of, because of the history. What do you think in that one? I think you have to look at the history for what it is, Rob. Uh, if you tear, tear it down, most times New England went into Miami early on in the season in the past, in the month of September, when it was stifling hot down here. 
and that weather would really benefit the Miami Dolphins in the past. Now it's a cool, crisp December coming down here right now, so I don't think the weather's going to factor in and help Miami in the football game. They're going to have to take care of business on the field with the talent that they have, and uh, they've lost their, their key uh, secondary player uh, uh, to an injury in this football game. I don't think losing your best defensive player and the secondary is going to help against Tom Brady here. My bottom line here to me is I think Miami is a very phony, overrated football team, and I don't want to step in, Tom, in front of Tom Brady at this time in the month of December. Agree with you 100%. I think the Pats smack him. All right, so it's not a great card, but the Sunday night and the Monday night games are very good. Let's start with the Sunday night games. Rams minus three over the Bears. Two sides to this tale here. Number one, the Rams have clinched their division. Normally there's a letdown. But this is a Sean McVay football team that has won 13 of their 15 road games since he's taken the reins there. He's taught this football team how to focus and how to win games on the road. The other side is, while the Bears will be a playoff team, and it's rare to find a home underdog in the month of December that is a playoff team, they are coming off that tough overtime loss. And the reason I'm calling this out is I write a column for the USA Today Sports Weekly, and my column this week was about the effect of uh, losing NFL games in overtime to NFL teams. They really play poorly at home. And with that all being the situation, what it is, I'm going to lean small to the Rams here. It's not in my DNA to lay favorites, but uh, it's a Chicago Bear underdog team that I really don't want this week. All right, so we'll quickly go to the Seahawks and Vikings and then jump to the Eagles-Cowboys. Seahawks minus three over the Vikings on Monday night. Big football game for both teams here. Um, CL is surging right now as we're speaking. Minnesota is wobbling a little bit, understandably so, because this will be the third straight future Hall of Fame quarterback that Minnesota will be going up against. They went up against Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and this week Russell Wilson. Minnesota needs this game in the worst of way here right now. They were sitting pretty good, but uh, all of a sudden they've hit a rocky patch here. Bottom line to me is they have the better offense and the better defense does Minnesota in this game. I don't like pairing Kirk Cousins up against Russell Wilson. I think the edge is to Seattle. But better offense, better defense, the underdog in the points is almost always the right side of the game. All right, Vikings in that one. Let's move to the Cowboys-Eagles. We know earlier, not all that long ago, Mark, the, the Cowboys came into Lincoln Financial Field and took care of business. They played very well of late. They're very well rested. Eagles on the six days rest coming off of the uh, Monday night game heading down there. They're three and a half point underdogs depending on where you shop. What do you think in the Eagles game? Well, that's an excellent point you bring out about uh, about the extra rest advantage being to Dallas, but I put that in my database and I looked at just that. What do Thursday teams coming off a Thursday game do against teams coming off a Monday game? And surprisingly, they do not fare that well. They've won less than 50% of their games doing just that. So that supposed rest advantage really truly isn't there, at least in a results aspect. Philadelphia plays with revenge from the losing as a seven-point favorite earlier on in the season in which they out-yarded Dallas in the football game. I like that, and I also like the fact that if you take a look at Jason Garrett, he's absolutely the worst head coach in the National Football League when he's a favorite at home in his career. He's only 16-33 and 33 against the point spread. I think Philadelphia gets their revenge in this game. Yeah, it's interesting, Mark. You, you, you try not to, to get too much into history. I mean, you go back to stats that are in the 80s and 90s. I don't know if it necessarily impacts what's happening today. But the Eagles have fared very well down there. They played very well at that stadium. Uh, and, and I'm talking about recent years when Jason Garrett was the coach. 
how much does that factor in when you look at this in addition to the other things that you just laid out? Well, there, there's two sides of that history equation. One is in the past and two is current, you know, current being Jason Garrett, who we mentioned, and that's the model that I'm, I'm looking at here right now because, you know, they're taking on his personality, and it's Jason Garrett that's at the controls here right now. You want to go way, way back in the past where teams have difficulty in games on fields and at certain sites, that's one thing. But I think the current history works here in Philadelphia's favor as well. All right, good to hear, Mark. So, listen, people can check you out, your column, USA Today, also playbook.com, and on Twitter, at Mark Lawrence. Anywhere else they can uh, check out your fine work? Uh, well, playbook.com, like I say, that college bowl stat report, we're getting it ready for this bowl season. It'll be ready on Thursday, so anybody interested, just log on at playbook.com. Awesome. Mark, great talking to you as always, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Rob, enjoy the games, and go Eagles. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so Mark likes the Eagles. He likes the Vikings. He likes the Rams, the Patriots and Navy in today's game. All right, it's been a lot of fun. Great hanging with Howard. Appreciate it. Uh, Dave Breitmeyer here on site back in the studio. Phil Jackson, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. you got Ray Didinger, Glenn Mack now coming up from the Borgata. They will be carrying you from te- – where did I say? I'm at the Borgata. Actually, I'm at the Borgata. They're at Delaware Park. Yeah, so Glenn, always a phenomenal listen. Glenn and Ray from Delaware Park. Let's be clear about that. I – Believe it or not, I'm at the Borgata, yes. Thank you very much, everybody. It was a lot of fun. I will talk to you uh, on Monday after Monday Night Football. Enjoy the game. Hope I'm wrong. Hope the Eagles take care of business. WIP Sports Time is 9.55. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.